Try Jupiter Organic CBD. It helps relax your mind and body for better and deeper sleep. Jupiter Organic CBD is designed to work like an off button for your daily stress. And no, you will not get high, maybe in your dreams. You can try Jupiter by going to getjupiter.com and using promo code ASMR for 10% off. That's getjupiter.com, promo code ASMR, and enjoy a 10% discount. Hello, my darling, and welcome to our story time. Today we are reading Sorrow of the Dragon Gods by Pam McElprang. So sit back, close your eyes, and let me read you to sleep. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And now, on to our story time. Chapter 1 A lazy snore echoed from a snowy mountain peak far above the town below. The dragon god basked in the warmth from the sun on the massive granite peaks overlooking the mountainous countryside of Aden. Her chosen vantage was situated in the direct center of the plane of light, giving her dominion over the fount of magic in her realm. One fierce green eye snapped open as she sensed intruders in the valley. Her other snapped open when she felt the rumble of power as magic crackled wildly outside the field of elements. Narcissa was enraged at the violation and curled her tongue around her jagged, razor-sharp fangs in anticipation of the kill. Springing from her perch with flexing wings, the great black dragon god soared downward circling towards her prey. Smoke bellowed from her nostrils as she prepared to startle the quarry with a frightening blaze of wildfire. A low growl emitted from within her throat as she plunged ruthlessly from the sky. As her fury turned to hunger, she contemplated the sacrifice she would demand of her realm. A violation such as this mocked the covenant of magic she required to sustain her powers and control over the fount. Finally, below the bulbous, snow-heavy clouds, she realized that two humans were engaged in a magical battle down in the snowy valley. A great ball of flashing light burst from the tiny woman. Narcissa snorted in amusement as the woman's muscular attacker was blasted violently back and enveloped in a deep snow mound. It must be Cory and Kale, Narcissa mused with an edge of disappointment. Now she'd have to find dinner elsewhere, as eating her subjects would be of no use. Using her momentum in the dive, she gracefully twisted in the air with the power of her massive wings and she began the climb in the sky, back up to her cozy granite peak above the valley. 
the dragon god prided herself in keeping careful watch over the plane of light, but she had growing concerns with rumors of serious trouble brewing in other realms, trouble that could easily spill into her realm from the plane of eternity. Arch-cleric Brogan kept bothering her with some old prophecy that Cory had been sent to Aiden, to Narcissa's arena, to be trained for a reason he kept suspiciously secret. The man was adamant that the girl be raised properly, to marry only after she had grandmastered in the path of light. Brogan insisted that Cory must be ready when the time came. He never spoke of what he thought was coming, and the dragon god had long ago given up questioning the intensity of his conviction. Indeed, Cory was a clever and impressive young cleric, Narcissa thought with pride. Stubborn, she mused, but special. With a resolute sigh, she landed gracefully on her rocky perch, looking back to the battle waging far below. The plane of light was an astonishingly beautiful and pleasant realm. As she gazed down on her snow-covered valley, she realized that it shone and glistened like her homeland in the heavens. She would protect this land with her life, but the girl would have to be ready. Thick snow cascaded from the tree branches in falling clumps. Cory Trimark watched intently, mesmerized by the serenity of her surroundings. She pressed her lips together, gauging the distance with her magic as she searched for her attacker. Muttering under her breath, she cast a quick protection spell and grasped at the twin amethyst daggers kept secure in her bootstraps. Her white leather uniform had a green swatch of rank on her right shoulder, but otherwise kept her concealed in the snow almost perfectly. Only her thick mane of dark hair bound in a loose braid could betray her position. The spell sent a glowing aura around her body and then vanished with a blue, crackling shimmer. She glanced around. Her attacker was on the move. Suddenly, Missiles whizzed past her ear, and she rolled to the ground, kicking up snow as she dived to safety. Corey held her breath, listening. The snow settled around her like a gentle, nagging reminder that her barrier had flaws. Her attacker wheezed in the cold. His sound was near. His boot crunched the snow, just feet from her position. I got you now, she thought, with determination. She darted from her hiding spot, intent on surprising Kale, but he was already on her, slashing broadswords with fierce intensity, all muscles and blades. The silence was disturbed by the violent, metallic slashes he made in the air. Corey's stomach lurched as she dodged his furious flurry. He was so commanding, unyielding. He caught her moment of hesitation and brought his swords down, 
slicing at her with a warrior's resolve. His swords rang out on her conjured shield, sending him flying backwards into a deep snow mound. For a moment, he was buried entirely. With a grunt and metallic clatter, he hauled himself from the snow and strode forward with renewed vigor. She jumped to her feet, bending her body and using her momentum to kick upwards with a red leg, knocking him hard on the chin. She spun herself back down into a defensive crouch. She caught him off guard and he stumbled. His sword swished wildly in the air as he regained his balance. Corey's smaller size gave her an advantage as she darted low behind a large evergreen. She closed her eyes, muttering an incantation, sensing his position as he warily approached. He didn't want to be knocked into the snow again. She focused on the powers of the light, summoning the magic to her. She felt it come in fierce waves, touching her core and amplifying her desire. She couldn't help but smile as she stood tall before the paladin. Kale yelped in alarm as her magic formed an aggressive, swirling barrier that swarmed towards him, cutting off his path. His body tensed as the barrier buffeted loudly against his armor, forcing him to the ground. He flailed helplessly, but remained pinned in the snow. She saw his head shake in defeat as a deep rumbling laughter overcame him. His hands waved plaintively until she burst into laughter, ending the spell. She stood over him with a triumphant smirk. Kale responded by catching her ankle and pulled her down on top of him. He twisted her into his arms and grabbed her face in his hands with sudden intensity. She struggled, her face just inches from his. You're not allowed to use elemental magic, he said. You're not my paladin, she responded, unfazed. Yet, he gave a low chuckle. You almost had me that time, actually. Corey jabbed him playfully. Did I? He touched her cheek with sudden seriousness. I wish you weren't so stubborn. Corey laughed. I doubt you'd love me then. Kale shook his head. You infuriate me sometimes. He rolled her face to his for a long kiss. His lips on hers sent shivers through her body. She was suddenly aware of her breasts pressing up against his chest and the muscles in his legs that hers rested on. His arms wrapped her close and she moaned against his lips, wishing only to be alone with him. For a moment, she gave in to her desire. If only life could be so simple. If only things were different. She pushed away as guild rules and responsibilities taunted at the edges of her mind. Kale seemed to understand and contented himself with holding her gently. His eyes left hers as a dark shadow circled their prone forms on the ground. 
Corey rolled onto her back next to him, turning to see what was in the sky. They watched as Narcissa's sinister shape soared below the clouds until the dragon god began to plummet at a staggering speed. She was heading to the open sky arena on the edge of the valley. Corey jumped up eagerly and helped Kale to his feet as the arena bell sounded the dragon god's arrival. It's time, Corey said with a smile. Kale gripped Corey's hand as they walked towards the arena. In the silence, her thoughts turned to what she must say to the dragon god. Orphaned at birth, Corey had been placed under the mentorship of Kale's father, the archcleric of Aiden, Brogan Thorn. Brogan had decided that she would train in the White Guild, and had ignored her enthusiasm and ability for elemental spells entirely. He made it clear that she was never to practice in the elemental realm. Corey knew that approaching Narcissa with this request could create political dissent among the guild leaders, because guild switching tarnished the Dragon God's covenant, and access to two realms of magic was inconceivable. But Corey felt both realms within her, both accessible and each demanding her attention. She respected Narcissa and swore fealty to the Dragon God with as much conviction as any other wizard. Restricting access to magic by confining a caster seemed wasteful and outdated. As though guild leaders felt they couldn't possess the same powers and gain strength in the exploration the two realms offered. As an eager and curious child, she had demanded that Brogan explain how the split between the guilds had come to be. Brogan had taken Cory up into his lap and described the land of Aden as a realm in chaos after the spiritual war had pitted wizards against the dragon gods about two hundred years ago. The wizards had come to recognize that the dragon gods were only powerful due to the pooled magic of the followers within their realms of influence, and to ensure their everlasting strength and command of magic, the dragon gods had to maintain that influence. This group of wizards were furious at being used by the dragon gods and demanded full access to their magic. It was time for the old religion to make concessions. Cory could readily understand why the wizards wanted more freedom, but as Brogan had explained, magic couldn't work that way without causing greater chaos. He told Cory that there was once a great wizard called Montague who sought to introduce spellcasters to a new method of magic, spells called forth from the elements. By doing so, Montague renounced the dragon gods and his magic, once used for healing and defense, was stripped from him. He could call upon no spells, but knew there must exist some source for the power other than blind fealty to the dragon gods. He was shamed, and those who followed Montague were lost with him. Cory had felt sorrow for those wizards, banished from their people because they chose to fight for what they believed in against restrictions they knew were wrong. 
She looked over at Kale as he walked beside her. He seemed lost in his own thoughts. She understood why Monty made his choice and felt the same decision destroying her. She had asked Brogan what became of Montague and his followers. Brogan had explained that one lonely night, while the once wizards camped in the wilds near the Taozan in ruins, Montague had discovered that he still held magic within him. He just could not directly access it. While they cooked around the campfire, he asked the other once wizards if they too sensed their powers. At first reluctant, they responded that it was faint, but present, tantalizingly near. The discovery revived their morale, and they began experimenting as they had, as young wizards. Stronger when joined, they held hands around the fire and used the innate spark of life from their training in the light to tap into their power once again. Montague realized that so connected, he and his once wizards could use nature, for nature itself was a living force, a force that he believed was much more powerful than the dragon gods. Montague stared into the fire and visualized the force, visualized he could command magic without swearing a covenant to any god. The dragon gods, he understood, had very different magic from what was available for mere mortals but that power was, at its core, still accessible by all. Otherwise, the dragon gods wouldn't be dependent on their spheres of influence to maintain that power. Brogan explained that it was weeks of focusing upon the fire with the once wizards before Montague conjured a weak flicker of flame into his hand. It was so unexpected that he flung his arm out in a panic, setting another once wizard on fire. It was all they could do to smother the flames and save him from a grisly death while screaming about what he had achieved. But Montague had found the source. Months and years passed as Montague and his once wizards gained control over their powers. Over the years, they grew inventive and could command water into ice, throw massive waves of fire, and conjure elemental golems to fight in combat for them. As they grew more confident, Montague reached out to other wizards and invited them into his growing guild. Brogan had taken Cory from his lap then and pointed a finger at her nose, as though reminding her that she was just a child. These heathens are now respected within Eden, he had said gravely but fealty to the dragon gods is more important. Without the dragon gods, magic would cease to exist. Kale's hand lightly skimmed over her lower back, pulling her from thoughts of the past. They stood at the entrance to the open sky arena. For a moment, Cory was transfixed by the magnificent stone golems depicting battles between the wizards of old and the dragon gods. Two carvings stood out among the rest. In the first, the dragon god was furiously shooting flames down upon a group of screaming, crouched wizards. Her gaze moved to the next carving. The same dragon god was high on a mountain perch, 
above the swirling tendrils of smoke from the battle. The dragon god's neck was curved in exhaustion as she tended to her wounds, all alone. Kale's shoulders seemed to slump as he searched for words. I have something to tell you, Cory. I suppose it's both good and bad news. Cory waited without saying anything. Clearing his throat, Kale looked up at the sky with frustration. If only the dragon gods would tell me their plans. It's what I've always wanted, but the timing isn't right. I need to be here for you. He had been given a quest. Cory pursed her lips together. She knew of High Paladin Gendry's passing, of course, but had never thought Kale would be chosen for the position, as he had only reached his twenty-eighth year, and there were far more experienced members in the guild. There had been great debate of the succession within the Warrior Guild for months now, but she'd heard rumors that they'd finally reached a decision. High Paladin, she asked. He sighed. It's such an honor to lead my own guild, to be given a position on the council. She didn't understand why he was morose. What's the bad news, then? I'll be going somewhere through time, to an event not happening within our realm. It'll take place within one of the quest portals. Cory could suddenly feel the pulse in her throat as her heart pounded wildly. Quests such as this were incredibly rare, and there was only one other man, alive, that had been through it before. Kale's father and her mentor, the arch-cleric Brogan. It was about twenty-five years ago, during his quest to become the new arch-cleric. Brogan had been sent through a quest portal to take part in an event in the past. He had never spoken of it, and when Cory had inquired, his eyes had coasted over and he'd left the room. As her mentor in magic, she'd hoped he would be more forthcoming, but she understood some things were meant to be kept private. Quests for status were different from the traditional trials to become a grandmaster, and often involved travel through portals of time defined by a quest master. The region's dragon god, was responsible for powering the quest portal. But Cory knew from her research that the angel god had always been summoned to assure there was enough power to bring the wizard or warrior back. Together, the angel god and the dragon god also summoned an ancestor spirit who would decide whether the potential successor was intended to right a wrong of the past or make a sacrifice against a future outcome. As much as Cory understood, the quest portals were designed to put the challenger through the worst of what could be expected in times of war or strife, to ensure he would have the skills necessary to run a guild for his lifetime. The challenger was expected to return, of course, but nothing was guaranteed within the portals. The arena bell rang out, startling Cory from her thoughts. The dragon god was waiting. Kale, I... He lightly kissed her on the cheek. Get what you need from Narcissa. I have to find my father. Cory struggled to keep her voice from sounding disrespectful. 
I'm ready, Narcissa. I know it. She stood stubbornly before the dragon god with mounting impatience. Her emotions were wild in her head. The thoughts of Kale in his quest for High Paladin threatened to ruin her chances at maintaining calm in front of the dragon god. Whatever happened with Kale, she still needed to complete this grandmastership test to prove to the guilds that she should study freely between them. Only with the permission of the dragon god could a member of any guild study within another realm and go on to grandmaster in each. Cory hoped to go one step further and start her own guild, a guild that encompassed both disciplines while maintaining the worship of a dragon god. For most wizards, the guild choice was made before they grew in command of their magic. They chose what their parents chose and never questioned a decision. But once the choice was made, it was irreversible. That is, unless they chose to challenge the dragon god's monsters in the arena, to prove themselves a master of their realm, and demand the right to study within another. In her own challenge to become grandmaster, Cory knew she would be assigned several high-level or combination spells to demonstrate her abilities. It took place with different grandmasters over a period of several days and would be conducted in the field of elements to ensure that any rogue magic could be dissolved or extinguished. It was heavily regulated and, due to the protective nature of the field of elements, Completely without risk, the arena battle with Narcissa was an entirely different scenario. A one-shot exhibition of her skills in a life-or-death situation. Either she conquered the monsters in the arena to be granted the right to start her own guild, or she would be killed by them. According to Aiden tradition, within the light or elemental guilds, a student must have chosen to Grandmaster before their 25th year or be expelled from the guilds for their lack of focus. They could continue working and living within Aiden, but they were to be excluded from their guild until a petition could be made to the Council Grandmasters, initiating guild study once more. The petition was a lengthy process and sometimes involved strange and impossible-sounding requests from the Grandmasters but Cory had heard of it being done in the past. As Cory's 25th year was just three moons away, the pressure being placed upon her to Grandmaster in the Light Guild was extreme. But she just couldn't make the commitment. She knew what she was asking had never been done before. But she also knew that she had what it took to study within both realms of magic. And other students surely did too. Being denied the right was the greater violation. She considered the dragon god before her. Mistress, please. You knew it would come to this. I've been training for this my entire life. I have both realms of magic within me, and I must have access to proper resources to ensure I bring no harm to our people. She paused, crossing her arms, this is the only way. Narcissa flicked her tongue around her jagged fangs and snorted a small puff of smoke at the obstinate cleric. 
she studied the intelligent eyes and confident demeanor. Stubborn little witch, the dragon god mused. She didn't think that Cory would die in this challenge for guild placement. In fact, she believed that Cory would be quite successful, especially from what she'd seen in the clandestine battles between Cory and Kale in the Field of Elements. The girl already had command of both realms, this the dragon god knew. How she had done so without renouncing her allegiance to Narcissa, now that was unclear. What Cory was asking was practically heresy. Guild switching had never been granted before, and no mortal had ever come to the dragon god, prepared to prove their ability to study within both realms of magic and create a new guild altogether. Narcissa was worried by Cory's decision, since it meant the old ways would be tested again. She wasn't sure that the guilds could handle this sort of merging, not after the conflicts of the past. And though it was within her power to grant, and might even increase her sphere of influence by requiring fealty to her rule, it might bring trouble from the angel god, the kind of trouble she couldn't handle. Even so, Cory already had command over both realms of magic, and if Cory did, Narcissa believed that others would emerge, and their choices might not be for the betterment of solace. She gazed critically at the girl standing with crossed arms and a stubborn frown before her. She would grant this request, but Cory would have to master the challenges in Narcissa's arena to be considered worthy. Narcissa snarled. You will challenge my creatures in four weeks upon the new moon. Prepare yourself. Cory could barely contain her delight as she grinned at the dragon god, then turned on her heel and strode with purpose from the arena. And this, my darling, ends our story time for today. As always, we hope that you have very sweet and creepy dreams. Good night.